This episode of Engineering the Future is brought to you by The Personal, Osby's home and auto insurance partner. These past few months have shown us just how important it is to have someone in your corner. When it comes to home and auto insurance, The Personal can be that someone. If you would like to learn more about this exclusive program, visit thepersonal.com slash Osby. This podcast is brought to you by Osby, the Ontario Society of Professional Engineers, the advocacy body for professional engineers and the engineering community in Ontario. Welcome to Engineering the Future, brought to you by the Ontario Society of Professional Engineers. I am your host, Jerome James. We are celebrating Black History Month today, and in that spirit, we have a special conversation planned. I'm joined today by Ayo Abiola, Director of Communications for Black Engineers of Canada. Ayo, welcome to Engineering the Future. Thank you. Good afternoon, Jeroba, and thanks for having me on your show. Absolutely. Let's get right into it. For those who don't know, what is Black Engineers of Canada? Yes, sure, Jerome. Uh, Black Engineers of Canada. Uh, so we are a community for Canada's Black Engineers, engineering interns, graduates, uh, licensed professionals. And we provide networking, mentoring, uh, training, growth, and development opportunities for a diverse engineering workplace in Canada. So we've been at it for quite a while, and we have a very um, lofty vision. We want a world where Black people excel in their chosen engineering professions without limitations uh, that are caused by any society bias in whatever form they exist. So that's really what we are all about. And uh, it's a pleasure to introduce you to Black Engineers of Canada, like we say, BEC. Wonderful. What is the current state of diversity and inclusion within the Canadian engineering community? And what challenges persist that organizations like Black Engineers Canada are actively working to overcome? Jerome, that's a loaded question. And um, I think for us to really understand the current state of diversity and inclusion, especially in Canada, uh, we need to understand what diversity is and potentially what it isn't. So diversity itself uh, encompasses many things, uh, including we're talking about representation, bringing diverse perspectives to the room. We also talk about expertise. So as engineers, we are called to excellence. We are called to bring our expertise and our unique skill sets to solving society's biggest problems for healthcare, for manufacturing, for transportation, uh, food and agriculture, and even housing. So we all agree that we need our best minds. We need well-trained engineers to solve those challenges. That's the expertise. Now, we also need to ensure that these individuals understand how their solution will impact the society that will benefit from them. So if all or most engineers are of a certain demographics or we are or have common social background, how can they meaningfully design or implement a solution for others outside of their own? I don't think so. So that's why we need to have a broad perspective that, cross, that cuts across society in the engineering room. And it means we need representation. Now, we found a gap early when we started Black Engineers of Canada, it was obvious to us that uh, within the engineering community, diverse and diverse engineering professionals are not adequately supported. Um, there are a lot of statistics that point to this underrepresentation or lack of support. 
But I also lived experiences. There are shared experiences that many of us that started the initial uh, study organization at the beginning could uh, talk about unhanding. So we try to look out there to see what uh, support is available, specifically as targeted support. Uh, we found maybe one organization that could be supporting black engineering graduates and license holders in Canada. But this organization, again, like most uh, we found they have a lot of um, a lot of uh, operation down south in the states, but not so much here in Canada. So there was a massive gap to be filled right there, and that is where Black Engineers of Canada came from. So in the years since we started Black Engineers of Canada, uh, we've been able to bring together uh, uh, put together resources uh, from amongst ourselves mostly. And from some a few partners who's who's uh, identified with our mission and who needed the kind of support we can provide to them for a broader, diverse uh, work workforce, uh, putting this together to try to uh, provide support to our growing diverse workspace. So, so if workplace, if you can tell already, uh, the, um, the 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 office landscape is changing. Uh, it used to be maybe straight white men, but it's not the same today. It's uh, there's a lot more diversity in our workplaces, in the engineering floors, in the offices. And we need to make sure that the trained professionals coming out of our institutions, uh, coming into our country, and those who are graduating from, from our institutions have the opportunity to assess um, those uh, opportunities in their careers. So that's what we're trying to solve. Uh, we're not yet in an ideal state yet. If we are, BEC would not exist. So there's a lot of work to do, and that is where we need a lot of support as well, uh, working with organizations, entities like OSPI as well, as well as uh, companies and individuals who uh, value and understand the issues at play here. Can you share some success stories or examples of how Black Engineers of Canada has made an, a positive impact? on the professional development and representation of black engineers in the industry? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we've been at it for a few years now. So our impacts are ongoing and we've had some really good uh, record from the previous years. So for example, uh, if you go to our website, uh, blackengineers.ca, uh, right on the homepage, you can see what the programs that we have available uh, programs for our programs, entrepreneurship program, career growth programs. And in 2023, we had thousands of members and individuals who were affiliated with BEC participating in our event. So this event would include like career fair events. Um, we have a very robust mentoring program uh, for uh, early professionals and skilled engineers as well. And we have uh, so many uh, career development opportunities through what we call BEC Academy, where we bring experts from various uh, field of career growth and engineering practices to share their knowledge with our members. So these are some of the few programs we have going on. Well, in addition to that, we are providing uh, resources, support to understand the diversity landscape in Canada and uh, to be able to also uh, support uh, employers and organizations that choose to uh, work with us to improve the state of diversity and inclusion in their respective spaces. So these are some of the 
what we've been doing and uh, we've really been uh, proud of what we've been able to accomplish with uh, often limited resources and uh, the work of volunteers who are working really hard to make a difference in the, the diversity and inclusion for the engineering profession. Did you find that there was a, a large uptake in interest and in people joining right off the bat or was there a, like a, a slow burn of awareness about the organization and, and getting people of color to um, sign in on the idea? Oh, I see where you're going with this. So um, with, with her starting on the, uh, um, on the heels of the issues back in 2020 uh, from uh, the uh, tragedy that occurred down south leading uh, to a lot of uh, diversity initiatives uh, being becoming popular, we did find that, yes, as a new organization, we had to go out there and convince individuals about the benefit of coming together and uh, being part of an organization like the Black Engineers of Canada. And the progress we made, uh, the key is consistency. So one thing we did from the very early beginning is to leverage uh, professional network that were already existing. So talk of LinkedIn, where professionals are uh, gathered and to try to drive home the message across through that platform. And we've grown since then. So since starting as a simple LinkedIn group, we've been, uh, we've incorporated. We are a Canadian not-for-profit. Uh, we are in the process of actually uh, becoming charitable as an organization. And we've also um, been able to uh, communicate our programs and activities better through the website, blackengineers.ca. So there is a robust uh, activity and there is growth in an organization that has led to uh, membership growth as well. So across the board, from coast to coast to coast, across the provinces and territories where there are black engineers, we are seeing representation. We are seeing uh, increased membership each year, each year, month to month. So this is something we're especially proud of. And I think uh, to your question, yes, the... Uh, the optic was uh, trickled in at the beginning, but over time it's grown to uh, an enviable position and we're really proud of what we've accomplished. That sounds amazing. And from the other side of things, what was the original or initial feeling from the uh, employer perspective, from the company perspective? Another new organization, membership organization knocking on their doors, was that uh, a difficult proposition initially to, to get the attention of major employers? Yeah, it's, it's an ongoing challenge, what you just uh, referred to. Uh, I think at the beginning when we started, uh, there was a lot of, of course, curiosity. Uh, what is this organization about? And we made clear from the very beginning that our goal is simple. We are trying to uh, provide uh, foster enabling environment for growth and leadership for black engineers and engineering graduates in Canada. So reaching out to organizations meant that in the beginning, uh, people come out of curiosity. We've had organizations that reached out to us and uh, within a short time faded off. Uh, we've had some that have supported us throughout. So I would say there's a lot more that could be done, especially because what we often find, uh, which is a challenge, not just in engineering, but across the board, is that sometimes uh, we have um, organizations reaching out to seek ways to partner with us or work with us 
but then um, not being able to commit fully to providing resources to get the work that is needed to get it done. And it's often a problem because if you consider the fact that an organization like ours uh, is driven by volunteers, uh, no one in the organization is paid to do what we do. Uh, we uh, came together because we really love the profession and we also want the profession to provide awesome value uh, across the uh, Canadian society. So we want engineering to be representative of the community, of the societies that we serve. And so talking to employers, uh, there's always the question of how much do I get? And for those who, who actually did go a step further to provide resources, uh, we know it's not been easy to convince them to uh, put their uh, resources to these courses. But we also know that uh, we've had support. We've had some um, some really good um, advocates uh, within some of the organizations that has been uh, receptive to our, to our messaging, uh, reaching out to see how can we help. And so far, uh, our biggest partners and supporters, uh, um, we have some recognition right there on our website for those who want to know where we're getting the resources from. But the biggest uh, so source of support for us has been our membership and our volunteer base. We hope you're enjoying this episode so far. At OSPI, we're here for you, making sure government, media, and the public are listening to the voice of engineers. You can learn more at ospi.on.ca. From these initial conversations with organizations and, and major companies, was it that this was their first foray into EDI, or did they have um, diversity structures in place beforehand, or what was your experience from that side of things when, when starting the discussion with these organizations? I really cannot speak to structure for any particular organization, uh, but I can tell that for most corporate bodies, there's often a diversity statement on, the, on their website or at least on their public uh, profile where they talk about strategies and their commitment to diversity. But what we're really saying is uh, beyond those statements, uh, what concrete actions have been taken. And that is why having an organization like ours available to uh, foster those statements and commitment should really not be a Black History Month affair. It should be a round-the-clock affair. Uh, February is the shortest month of the year. So if that's the only time that organizations uh, are able to uh, take diversity actions, then that is a shame by itself. But uh, ideally, we want uh, the effort to continue year-round. Uh, we would prefer to see organizations uh, taking concrete steps uh, within their hiring, within their um, teams to make sure that uh, individuals and uh, diverse uh, representation is uh, really considered an important aspect of their business as well as business objectives and putting their resources uh, where their mouth is. That's an excellent point. You're right. It should be a, an all-year-long affair. The Ontario Society of Professional Engineers plays a significant role in the engineering landscape in Ontario. How do you see organizations like OSPI contributing to the advancement of diversity and inclusion and are there specific collaborations or partnerships between Black Engineers of Canada and OSPI 
that can be particularly impactful? Uh, let me think about that. <laughs> well, so right now, the, the BAC, uh, Black Engineers of Canada, we are always open to collaboration, especially with OSPI and engineering societies across the country. Um, I'm aware that OSPI is particularly involved in women and gender equality issues. Uh, BAC is committed to the same through our participation in the 30 by 30 initiatives. Um, we, as... An organization, we would like to see industry-wide diversity action. Uh, I think BEC, uh, OSPI rather, is been championing that. And OSPI would need perspectives from BEC, especially because we are a national organization. Uh, we are directly connected to a specific uh, diverse demographics. And we are also collaborating with engineering societies in provinces outside of Ontario. So imagine we can be the bridge along with our partners in Engineers Canada to help share those best practices to us, be to other stakeholders within the Ontario engineering profession and advocates alike. So I think there's room for, there's opportunity for collaboration and uh, to work together to achieve uh, mutual goals in this respect. Very interesting. Recognizing the importance of nurturing the next generation of engineers, particularly within the Black community, could you shed some light on the challenges that Black engineering students may face in their academic and professional journeys? What are Canadian universities doing to address these challenges? Yeah, good question, uh, Jerome. Um, so the Black Engineers of Canada, we, we do have a dynamic and very active students committee. It's called BC Students. And I would like to encourage uh, engineering students across Canada, diverse students too, to actually join. Uh, one interesting fact, though, is that uh, BEC membership is not just open to Black engineering students or Black engineering professionals. It's actually open to, um, to, to the diversity of people. So let's put that into perspective. And now, uh, to answer your question, I'm going to draw from my own personal experience. I was once an engineering student in a Canadian university, so I know firsthand through the work that I did at the time, also as a vice president of student services within the student organization, that black students often require support uh, than what the universities provide to them. So what do I mean? Majority of black students on Canadian campuses who are black are often uh, black immigrant students. So which means their first experience with the Canadian education system started post-secondary. It also means that many of the academic and social support needs are not well understood by university administrators. Take, for example, a black student may not always access uh, accommodation services available to them because now those needs for accommodation that they personally have relate to a physical or mental condition that's never been diagnosed for cultural or other socioeconomic reasons. So why their colleagues who are more familiar with that system would get support, these students are often left behind. Now, I've seen a specific example that I wish I could share with you. But it starts to reason that universities in Canada need to invest more resources to support a growing diverse student population. Now, one other area of support that diverse students would need on campus is equitable access to co-op and internship opportunities. Uh, Non-diverse students will often have the advantage that their inherited network are available to them to lean on to secure better opportunities for internship and co-op. So it could be true friend of a family, uh, a neighbor, an uncle who once worked for XYZ Inc. sent their name through, uh, through the channels, right? But your average black student could be a Canadian black newcomer uh, who is mostly alone, a first-generation engineering student in their family. So they have no access to the same opportunities. 
uh, the saying that uh, talent is universal, but opportunity is not definitely comes to mind here. And that is why universities need to, uh, colleges need to uh, step up to uh, support this uh, group of uh, students in their campuses. You're spot on with the conversation around networks. Um, that's where the opportunities really lie is, is who you know, because um, everyone has a baseline of knowledge. It's, it's where those opportunities lie in, in building those relationships and, and being able to capitalize on them, on them at the right time. Absolutely. Building a more inclusive engineering community requires collective efforts. What recommendations or strategies do you have for individuals, companies, and professional organizations to actively foster a more diverse and inclusive environment within the engineering field in Canada? I think, Jerome, that you actually answered the question uh, at the beginning of your question. Uh, so <laughs> you said uh, building a more inclusive engineering community requires collective effort. So it also ties into my biggest recommendation is to never attempt to do it alone. So BC, for example, relies on collaboration with partners among our members, individuals and organizations that not only support us, they also help us broaden our view, right, and pull resources together. So the idea of diversity and inclusion is about not leaving others behind. And I think if we are to truly do it, we need to do it together. It doesn't matter if your organization is a small business or a large organization. You should find ways and learn to reach out within your organization and beyond your circles. You need to, and to meet your own EDI needs and objectives. Uh, it's often better to collaborate with others who maybe they have similar issues to solve or maybe they've been in similar journey or they can Basically, uh, you connect to resources that would uh, help foster that, uh, help meet those needs of yours. So there is an increasing need for collaboration in this space uh, within engineering itself. Uh, engineering process involves collaboration. So why can't diversity and inclusion uh, effort as well? So we all know that that is actually how we are able to solve most of society's biggest uh, problem is where we work together. Uh, while leveraging the expertise and the brilliance of a few among us. Wow. So much great information was shared today. Do you have any final thoughts to leave our listeners with? I have tons of those. <laughs> you know, like many of us, uh, I become very used to being asked if I'm an engineer, maybe because of the iron ring I wear on my pinky. Uh, but, you know, in Canada, uh, the iron ring is not the only thing that makes you an engineer. Rather, actually, it's not what makes you an engineer. You're an engineer where you've been appropriately licensed by one of the provincial engineering regulators in the country. So um, I have, I had my license first in Ontario. And at some point in the past, I've been licensed with uh, PEGA, the BC regulator. And I currently have a license with Apex in Saskatchewan. So these are because those have the, uh, these licenses and experiences are unique to me. And they are through the journey I've had through my qualification experiences. Now, within, for diverse engineering candidates, uh, one of the tragedy that we've seen over and over, uh, often from um, black diverse engineers, especially those with qualifications outside of Canada, not being able to meet licensing requirements because of certain, of certain barriers that has nothing to do with their competence or training or expertise. So uh, we've seen some progress in that area for sure, uh, but reaching out broadly across Canada, I think there's a need to revisit some of those issues and making sure that uh, 
the opportunities to gain your license, the opportunities to serve, to be able to apply, put to practice what you've been trained to do is available to every qualified individual. Uh, what I've seen over and over is uh, diverse engineers, after years of frustration, end up either leaving the country uh, to the south, so a lot of brain drained for Canada, or just leaving the profession. I've seen engineers who would uh, rather just uh, get a taxi and drive around and uh, try to bother trying uh, getting into the profession because they've been frustrated on so many issues and areas of uh, practice. So I would like uh, this to be a big takeaway uh, to all of us as uh, stakeholders in, uh, in engineering, not just in diversity, that we need to uh, enhance uh, the level of representation and the level of uh, expertise that are available uh, to broaden the perspectives here and to be able to get the best engineering solution and development here in our country. Thank you. Absolutely. Engineering is definitely big enough for everyone to feel at home and a place that they feel that they can thrive and find a living and and actualize their technical and professional goals. Io, thank you for sharing your perspective and your experience with engineers of, of Canada. You definitely have given our audience a lot to think about today. And uh, thank you for laying it out so vividly. Thank you, Jerome, for having me on your show. And I wish you all the very best and uh, a happy Black History Month to you, Jerome. Same to you. And as always, thank you to our audience. We really appreciate your support. Remember that Engineering the Future is available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe and leave a comment. I'm your host, Jerome James. You've been listening to Engineering the Future, and we'll see you next time. From all of us at OSPI, the Ontario Society of Professional Engineers, thanks for listening. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.